morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to worship at Hillhead, wherever we are this morning. And a very special welcome this morning to Banani, who is joining us. She's staying with Alistair and Leslie during COP26. It's lovely to see you, and if you've got time to stay at the end with Leslie and Alistair, uh, when we go into our breakout rooms, you'll get a chance to meet some of us, and we'll maybe get a chance to speak to you then. So I hope you enjoy our service this morning. Our service will be led by our minister, Katrina, but we'll also hear the voices of Elizabeth and Ian, Drew, Freya, Bethany, Grace and Nancy. Our musicians are Paul, Yang Yang and Neo. And in a moment or two, Freya and Sarah will light our candle. Our service will conclude with communion so please have something ready to eat and drink when we reach that point in our service. Just a wee reminder that there's no Zoom evening service today, but in the afternoon there are two online services which we can attend if we wish. Firstly, there's the Tear Fund service for COP26 at 3pm, and I sent out the link for that service yesterday uh, in our email. And then secondly, at 4 p.m., there's the Glasgow Churches service for COP26 in Glasgow Cathedral. And that can be accessed via the cathedral website, glasgowcathedral.org. So that's Tear Fund service for COP26 at 3 p.m. and Glasgow Churches service at 4 p.m. Then I'm giving rolling notice of a church meeting at which we hope to confirm the in-principle decision we made at our last meeting. Then just a reminder that our new Just Giving page is now open for our Christian Aid Christmas Appeal. Um, this will be open until the 30th of November and you'll find the link in this, week's, in this month's uh, Church Magazine. Next Sunday is Remembrance Sunday. So again, just a wee reminder that our service will start 10 minutes earlier than usual at 10.50 so that we can observe the two-minute silence at 11 a.m. And our Zoom evening service next Sunday at 7 p.m. will be led by Brian. Now it's time for Freya and Sarah to light our candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day.
now let us come to God in prayer. Let's pray together. God of all creation, we join our voices with those of stars, sparrows and sunflowers to worship you. God of re-creation, we join with forests, frogs and fungi in seeking your renewal and rest. God of new creation, we join our hopes with those of people everywhere in seeking healing and wholeness. Help us today to listen well as young adults share their stories, hopes and possibly fears. Help us to reflect deeply as we hear words from the scripture. Help us to respond courageously and compassionately as we discover new insights and new ideas. God, who loved the cosmos so much that you entered it to heal and save it, be with us now in our praises, our prayers and our ponderings. Amen. We're going to use a version of the Lord's Prayer, which is poetic and was written by a Spanish priest uh, in the early church in the fourth century. O Creator, who dwells among the stars in the highest heaven. O Most High Father, we pray that our veneration of your name may be made holy in us. May the peaceful and bountiful light of your kingdom come and shine forth in the world. May your manifest will be done on earth as in heaven. May the sustenance of life, of holy life-giving bread, be provided for us today. And may your forgiving largesse release us soon from the innumerable debts of our evil misdeeds. It is right for us likewise to forgive the debts of others. Remove far away from us the fierce temptation of the vile demon. And may your right hand lift us up into the light, away from all evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
Hello, this is Drew here. I am Emma's husband and I'm an architect that works for John Gilbert Architects. We are a local architectural practice that focuses on low energy design, typically housing, but we also do larger commercial projects. For the last 18 months, my colleague Chris and I have been working on 107 Nidri Road, which is a tenement retrofit project down on the south side of Glasgow. This is a traditional red sandstone tenement and it's made up of eight one-bedroom flats with the communal close in the typical arrangement that you'd expect from a tenement. The flats are owned by Southside Housing Association and there is considerable funding from the Scottish Government and Glasgow City Council to upgrade these flats to Enerfit standard, which is the passive house version of retrofit. Retrofit is where you're taking an existing building and upgrading the building fabric. And passive house basically means really highly insulated, low energy form of construction. By doing this, we can improve the fabric to make it a lot warmer and comfortable for the tenants living there. This means much healthier internal environment and also massively reduced fuel bills. We are looking at monthly energy bills of between 10 and 15 pounds for these flats. This is a really important project as there are 80,000 sandstone tenements in Glasgow and approximately 180,000 sandstone tenements in Scotland, all of which need to be upgraded if we're going to reduce fuel poverty and have any impact on the climate crisis. It's also a very well-timed project as it's about 50% complete on site now, just as COP26 has come to Glasgow. So the really key things for this project are insulation, air tightness and ventilation. So the first thing we do is insulate the ground floor, the ceiling at the top floor, and all the external walls get fully insulated with no thermal bridges. We also are installing timber frame, triple glazed, passive house rated windows and doors. This is effectively like putting a tea cosy over the whole building, keeping it nice and warm. The next key thing is air tightness. So all the gaps around windows and doors where the wall meets the roof or the floor are fully sealed so that no air or heat is lost through these gaps to the outside. The final key thing is ventilation and each flat will be getting a new mechanical ventilation heat recovery unit put above the ceiling in the bathroom. This is a way of bringing in fresh air from the outside and extracting moist stale air from the inside without losing heat. So the heat from the internal air is transferred to the fresh air coming in. So that's the three key elements of the project summarized, but there are also some other elements to this. We are also doing a full renovation of the stonework, which has all been cleaned and repointed. And we are also putting in new heating. The lower four flats will be getting new air source heat pump units. These extract heat from the air outside, even on a cold day, and use this to heat an indoor water cylinder, which provides your hot water for your radiators, bath, sinks, etc. 
the top four flats will be getting new energy efficient gas boilers and this gives us a very good scenario so we can compare and contrast the new technology with the old. Once this project is complete in the new year and the tenants are in and living there, there's going to be a considerable amount of research that follows on from this so we can learn as much as possible from this pilot project. And this learning will then go on to inform thousands of future projects like this. I hope this video has been somewhat informative and enjoyable and not a complete information overload. Thanks for listening. I don't think I can claim to have a particularly unique take on climate justice, and I certainly have no credentials to do so. But maybe those aren't essential, given that this is an issue that impacts us all, most certainly not avoiding us due to knowledge or power or status. What I can perhaps contribute is a view from a generation that's different to many of those here. I come from the generation that is framed as being the ones taking action for the climate and really being awakened to its importance, uh, as I'm just a few months younger than Greta Thunberg. Now, just looking around here, it's extremely apparent to me that there are many, many people of older generations than mine who are passionate about climate justice too, and indeed who perhaps have been for decades before it became a mainstream issue. So if there's one thing I would like to communicate to my own generation, it is this, that we're not the first to do this. And that instead of creating divisions based on arbitrary categories, which I must say some do, we are of course far better focusing together on the real issue, while of course acknowledging that the issue itself is indeed an extremely complex one. I have already mentioned my generation and generalized our experiences into basic thoughts quite a lot already, which is perhaps a little ironic, seeing as I don't really fit into the cultural mainstream of them. But what I can tell you is that as an age group, we're obsessed with the apocalypse. It is a morbid obsession common through a huge bulk of music, films, series, video games, popular with young people today. Perhaps this is induced by the fact that from the youngest memorable age, we've been made aware that our actions and the actions of everyone around us are killing the planet on which we live. But perhaps an even more terrifying idea is that climate change is not some future apocalypse or a distant nightmare which strikes the whole world at once, but that already at this very time, it's having real life consequences on people, often the people with the least responsibility for the climate crisis itself. It's estimated that indigenous people make up approximately 5% of the world's population, yet they care for 80% of its biodiversity. Yet the companies which we often support inadvertently are snatching their land away, disrupting this help to the biodiversity and creating catastrophic effects. And these are not minor inconveniences either, but they are death, destruction of people's homes and everything they know and entire ways of life. At the climate marches yesterday and the day before, a large sign stated that every minute, 41 people lose their home due to climate injustice. I have heard people stand up and talk about how they have nothing left, about how everyone closest to them has died due to the consequences of climate change. I think we should take time to remember that we are not just campaigning against some far off day when our own city is underwater, but for these real life people.
As I'm sure many of you are aware, on Friday there was a march with tens of thousands of people in Glasgow for climate justice, and yesterday, on Saturday, the numbers were in the hundreds of thousands. I was there for all of Friday and a large amount of Saturday, and there were people of all ages and organisations, people with children, dogs, bikes, wheelchairs, people dressed in crazy costumes, marching bands. It was a surreal and incredible experience to be walking through familiar streets in the West End and the city centre, surrounded by people who quite literally come from every continent on earth. There was a mixture of hope and anger that was palpable in the air. Some of these people had taken enormous risks to come to Glasgow. Some of them came from countries such as Colombia and Tibet, where dozens of climate activists have already been murdered for what they fight for. That is how much they need us to hear their voices, and we need to listen to them. If you want to know more, I recommend you look for the speeches that the activists gave on Friday in George Square and Saturday in Glasgow Green online, and hear the stories of these people firsthand. This is what gives me the hope and anger to keep going. That was really powerful, Freya. Thank you. Um, back in September, we spoke about the projects that were happening in the run-up to COP26, and specifically the Young Christian Climate Networks Pilmerbridge from Glasgow, from Carbis Bay. I have been following their journey on their Instagram page, keeping up to date with their progress, reading their prayers for world leaders and their roots, which saw stops in Plymouth, London, Birmingham, Manchester, Edinburgh, and finally arriving in Glasgow on the 30th of October, a day before the conference began. What also arrived in Kelvin Grove Park was the origami boats that people from across the country sent as part of Christian Aid's appeal. It made a lovely display showing the prayers that people had for the conference. This is it in Kelvin Grove with the university in the background. And I just love the way that they've taken all the colours and made them look really nice on the sails. So maybe you can even spot your one that you sent. And whilst many other people were preparing for the conference from world leaders to climate activists, we also decided to focus our attention on climate change over the last few weeks in Sunday school. We learned about God's world, the amazing landscapes he created, and how we can be good citizens of the earth and protect what he made for us. Specifically, we understood that we can use our talents. These are the talents that God has given each one of us that make us special, and everyone has their own talent that is unique to them. Some people may use these talents to speak to crowds, raising their voice so people can hear their words of passion, encouragement and urgency for change. Others may be diplomatic and use their privilege of representing their country at a conference to enact change. And then there are those who utilize their talents in ways that may be quieter and not on a global stage, but are still important and impactful as it's done through God's love. In Sunday school, we heard the story of Gloria and Lane, two girls who live in the Philippines, as it was told by Christian Aid. Unfortunately, due to the effects of climate change, the islands have been experiencing stronger and even more frequent storms than ever before. When a terrible tropical storm hit their island, their family opened the doors of their home to let people shelter from the storm. Following God's love, Glory and Lane used their immense courage to overcome the devastation of that storm, while also ensuring the safety of their community. 
So as we hope that world leaders will rise to the moment with their promise to act on climate change and to ensure a future for all the generations to come, help us to know that God has given us talents and no matter how big or how small they are, they can help us to rise to the moment and be good citizens of God's earth.
Our reading is from Psalm 147. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble, but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. First thing I want to do is on behalf of all of us to express thanks to Drew, to Freya and to Bethany who have shared with us so powerfully and eloquently thoughts around climate chaos, the climate crisis and the responses that we can have, whether those are in the public square or the privacy of our own homes. Bethany's already mentioned the Rise to the Moment Christian Aid event. And of course, we were invited to make our own votes to send along to that. I must admit, I hadn't seen the amazing installation in Kelvin Grove Park, but in St George's Tron Church in the centre of the city is another opportunity to see some of the boats. And again, you may spot some of ours in amongst them. This central photograph shows the boat that was carried by the pilgrims all the way from Cornwall up to Glasgow along that very long route in a relay, inviting us to rise to the moment. I am told, although I've not been able to fact check this, that something of the order of 22,000 
paper boats were sent to Christian aid and they have all been brought to Glasgow. 22,000 people of all ages across these islands who care sufficiently to express their prayers in that way. And that's not counting the thousands and thousands of others who express their prayers differently. It's not that this is better, it's just that this is a visible way in which our small voice can be added to other voices. We also had an opportunity to take part in a craftivism project, an art project that was happening in Edinburgh. And it was wonderful to receive the fish and sea creatures that some people were able to make and get to me via post, via delivery, different ways during a time when actually COVID numbers were quite high and we couldn't meet together to create the banner. But here it is, proudly at the bottom right-hand side of the left-hand banner, outside New College in Edinburgh. Each meter is, sorry, each banner is 22 meters long by two meters wide. So that is 88, if I think I've done the maths correctly, uh, different contributions to that. Many from churches and Sunday schools, but there are also some from mosques, from temples and synagogues, several from guides and brownies, and a few from schools and other organizations. It is a beautiful piece of work and if you're able to get across to Edinburgh to take a look at it it's definitely well worth a look-see. This week and next week I'm doing a few shifts at the Glasgow Church's Welcome Hub which is taking place at the Salvation Army Centre at Anderston and again if you happen to be in the city centre or near the city centre do feel free to pop in and say hello to the people who are hosting you can get really lovely food um, there, which is healthy and locally sourced or fair trade or both. You can see me here with Scott, who is the one of the officers there, uh, big smiley face. We put up banners and we've welcomed all sorts of people from all around the world. Here are just a couple of photos of some of the folk we met on the shifts I was doing. People from Malawi, people from Czechia, people from Nepal people from the USA and undoubtedly others who we didn't quite manage to track down where they were from. I heard all sorts of different languages, accents and voices. It's a happy place. It's a place where you're welcomed, whatever your faith or none, to come and take a break in the midst of it all. This afternoon, Bethany and I will be at Glasgow Cathedral for the Churches Together service, but I've started wondering beyond that, what do we do? And if you're like me, you will have heard lots of things in what Drew, Freya and Bethany have said to inspire you. I've just popped up a couple of photos here that I saw as I was walking back from my shift at the hub the other day. One said, Glasgow, dear green place. And the other said, people make Glasgow greener. I guess we're all quite familiar, aren't we, with that little slogan, people make Glasgow well, we make Glasgow, each one of us. And it's funny sometimes how I think God's spirit works because we spent the summer thinking about creation and then the, much of the last month thinking about those who inspire us. And in amongst those, there was Joy Brodier who sent a postcard to Terry Waite, not knowing whether it would arrive, but it did. There was Professor Mavi who reminded us to do our little thing telling us the story of the hummingbird 
who carried its little tiny pot of water to try and put out the forest fire. All of us can do something, whether it's small or whether it's big. And again, that was expressed so eloquently for us by our young adults. Do you know what? I'm really proud of our young adults. I'm really proud of this church. And I know that many of you will have been engaging with the COP over this week and on into next work in different ways. So as a special treat to you today, we've actually left the chat feature on. And if you would like to, whilst we move into our next song, um, you, you can use that. It's public. You could, those who don't try sending secret messages to somebody because you can't. You can only send messages to everybody. But if you'd like to say, this is where I've been, this is what I've done, or this is what I, I've been inspired by what we, we've talked about this morning, that would be fantastic. But what we're going to do is join in singing with all creation, praising the God who delights and loves it all. Thank you.
come now with our prayers for others. The psalmist writes, and we have already sung, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let's pray together. Creator God, sovereign over all, we pray today for the world that you have given us. We hold it in trust. You have given us the privilege of participating in the care and nurture of this world. You call us to work in partnership with you and one another, not simply serving ourselves, nor looking only to short-term interests, but conscious of our responsibility to our children, to the young people like Drew and Freya and Bethany, who have shared so thoughtfully and so eloquently in our service today, and to the generations who will follow them. Forgive us for losing our sense of wonder before the magnificence of your creation, abusing what you have given us instead of handling it with respect. Forgive us the folly of our modern lifestyles, the fact that we have repeatedly been warned of its costly consequences and still are reluctant to change. We pray particularly today for all who have come to Glasgow for the COP26 Climate Summit. Grant true wisdom and courage to the leaders of the nations in response to this growing crisis. May they be bold in their commitments and may they be true to the promises they make. We pray for the countries most impacted by climate change. Grant them wisdom to know how to adapt to a changing world and may their leaders hear the cries of the most vulnerable. Stir the hearts of people everywhere to live more responsibly. And may all who profess to follow Jesus lead by example. Inspire a deeper understanding of what it means to be a steward of this wonderful, precious, fragile earth. And so we maybe pass on to our young people and successive generations a world fit to inherit. Loving God, we know that you are present in the whole universe and yet present with us here as your children. And so with confidence we bring to you those who are on our minds this week. BMS reminds us of the work that is going on in Tunisia, a country that is small geographically, but has a big impact in the Arab world in family rights. We pray that BMS and the partners they work with may know stable leadership and that the political authorities may find ways to meet the economic needs of the nation so that the people may prosper. The Baptist Union of Scotland asks us to pray for the churches in Rutherglen, Saltcoast and Thanker, that they may be salt and light in the communities they serve. 
They also remind us to pray for those who work with children and young people in our churches, that they may receive fresh vision, strength and creativity as they seek to provide a space for young people to learn about God and to experience them in their lives. From our family at Hillhead Baptist Church this week, we remember the pastoral care and community building team. Tamara, Hannah and Arne, Jenny, Neil and Faye, Graham and Margaret, Stuart and Perio, Holly and George, Sheila and John, John McKay, Heather and Kurt. For all, we pray that your manifest will may be done on earth as it is in heaven. Creator God, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. scriptures we hear or read many stories of meals. There were grand banquets hosted by kings and religious leaders. There were dinners hosted by wealthy people and there were picnics on hillsides. There were women who shared their last loaf of bread 
with a prophet who imposed themselves. And there were grieving disciples who welcomed a stranger into their home to share in an evening meal. And throughout the generations, those who have tried to follow Jesus have shared in this meal, using simple staple foods local to their areas. So it could be bread, or it could be rice, or it could be whatever you had. And it might be water, and it was quite possibly fruit juice. And in some places, it had to be fine wine. In churches, at hospital bedsides, in homes, picnic sites and hillsides, a mysterious communion with each other in which the very earthiness of food and drink, hunger and thirst, are the means by which we recall the sacrifice and salvation of God in Christ. As we prepare to share, to remember and to wonder, may we also become more aware of the way this connects us to the earth that is our home and the home of all life. So let us pray. Creator God, we thank you for this special meal and all that it means to us. As we remember Jesus, reflecting on his life and teaching, his death and resurrection, help us to call to mind that he entered our world in order to save all creation. And as we eat bread and drink wine, or whatever food and drink we have chosen or have to hand, Help us also to call to mind how this connects us with the earth itself. May we find refreshment for our souls and sustenance for the days ahead. Amen. Here is bread made in kitchens or in factories, baked in ovens, probably heated by gas or electricity, but possibly by wood or the power of the sun, sold in shops or markets, and now it's ready for us to eat. Jesus said, when you eat bread, remember me. Call to mind what I've taught you and all that I have called you to do and to be. So let us eat together a sign of our faith and a symbol of our hope. Here is wine, grapes grown in vineyards and gardens, 
pressed in a winery or a shed, bottled, laid down to mature, sold in shops or off licenses, and poured out, ready for us to drink. Jesus said, when you drink wine, remember me. Call to mind all that I have shown you and all that I have inspired you to be. And so let us drink together a sign of faith, a symbol of joy and hope. Speaking, you created our beautiful earth. Silenced by death, you healed the cosmos. Singing hope and joy, you make all things new. Glory and honour be to you, living, loving Christ. Amen. So as we travel on from this time together, as the climate conference concludes and normal routine returns, may the God who loves us bless us and all creation with hope, healing and a future filled with love and peace. Amen. <laughs>